Turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And we're just continuing in our study of the book of Galatians. And uh, we're in the midst of an exciting passage and really a challenging passage when it comes to talk about the transformation that needs to go on and, and also what God does for us and the stark difference between the old life and the new life. Um, in Galatians chapter 5. I realize too that there's a struggle of living today. I know that in different ways and different steps and things in your mind and heart and the things of your life, circumstances, that all of you struggle. And I just want to tell you that it's meant, you're meant to struggle. You're meant to struggle. You're not meant to just give in to whatever's going on in your life. Um, I'm reminded in the book of Romans chapter 7, Paul says this, he says, O wretched man that I am. Uh, And and as I I read that, and he's struggling between the old life and the new life, the, the spirit of God working in him, and the flesh that's still uh, waiting to be left behind. Um, and he, he, he sees this struggle and he says, a wretched man that I am. I, I can't stand the things that I think and I do and I struggle with. A wretched man that I am. I realize that's us. I realize that's us. And I realize that, that this church as a whole, we represent those who are struggling in this life to walk with Jesus. And so I really want to just prepare our hearts and minds that this is who we are, um, but also that God gives us freedom. I don't want us to um, get used to the idea that we're just sinful people and, you know, these are the acceptable sins of whatever it is. And it's like, oh, I'm just weak, you know. God has given us an answer, even in this passage, uh, of ways that we can walk with him and that life can be changed, transformed from what it used to be to what it is and what he saved us for. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from uh, Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16, down through the end of the chapter. God's word says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying envying one another. God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you would help us to work through it now, that 
your Holy Spirit inspired word, this word for us would be our teacher now. God, thank you uh, for your love for us and your um, care for us, that you did not leave us to our sin. You did not leave us in the flesh, but you saved us, not on the basis of our works, but on, on your grace. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. You may be seated. A couple more announcements. So, uh, so next week, I just want you to put this on your calendar. Uh, come, come both services if you need to. Um, invite friends, neighbors. Uh, Zach Lacombe is going to be preaching next week. So I'm super excited about that. It's going to be great. Pray for him this week. Uh, I, I think that uh, it's not just a... Uh, um, you know, it's not just a funny thing we're doing, having our music guy preach. Uh, Zach, Zach loves the Word of God. He loves the Word of God, and he wants to do a good job. You could pray for him this week, that God would quicken his mind to, to see clearly, and that uh, next Sunday morning that he would, uh, for a bunch of thirsty souls, that he would feed us uh, the only thing that matters. And so I just want to encourage you about that. The following week, I, I'm going to talk again uh, about this passage and really try to tie up this whole concept for us uh, that really has gone throughout the last weeks that, um, that this idea of the Spirit of God working in the believer's life that we could live the freedom. And so we're going to really focus on that uh, in two weeks. And so I'd encourage you to look forward to that. This morning... Uh, as struggling people, uh, I want to remind you in verse 16, that, and we looked at this a couple of weeks ago, that this is all about walking by the Spirit. Paul is presenting that there's a different way of life. Um, I think even of that screwdriver that was in the surprise box, and um, some of you know that on your weed whackers and various other places in a car, there's places you can just make a little adjustment and it'll tune up the engine in such a way a little bit more of this a little bit more air or whatever and somehow it runs better and some of us look at our lives and we say oh you know um, I've been doing pretty well I've been doing pretty well but now I found Jesus and that's kind of like that just that little that little adjustment that I've needed to live have a great life I want to tell you it's not like that at all it's like you <laughs> You were in the pick-aparts. <laughs> Left up for dead, you know. Engine blown, there was no hope. In fact, you just sell them for parts, you know. And it's the idea of a whole new engine, a whole new life, a whole new different deal. Uh, I, I just want, I want you to get that in your mind. And, and that was true for the Galatians as well. That was true for... People today here at Bear Valley, Bear Valley Church, this pastor, and that's the picture. It's not just a small adjustment, but it's a total change of life. We're going to see the drastic nature of that even in our passage this morning. And so in your mind, he's saying in verse 16, I got a different way. What is it? Walk by the Spirit. And really walking by the Spirit is the key, is the key to leaving the old life behind because it says 
But I say if you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And the passage goes on to talk the next few verses. We looked at those last week. Um, those next few verses talk about the bankruptcy and the deadness that come out of a fleshly life. He goes through the obvious list if you skip down to verse 19 and he says, now the works of the flesh are evident or obvious or manifest. It's plain to see. Uh, I was thinking about, um, you know, Brandon was complaining about the snow and I know some, some others that complain about the snow. It's probably in where you live, like within Tehachapi. Um, but I was thinking about uh, on our screen, uh, I was telling Rebecca that on our screen we get these lovely backgrounds, right? We get these lovely backgrounds. And I was looking uh, uh, up at our screen while we were singing and I was saying, oh, what a lovely background. And I thought to myself, if I look out the window, it's more lovely than even the background, right? <laughs> Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Love it. Um, but but this, is, this is the... The, the idea is when you walk outside and when you see the snow and the beauty around you, you can't help but see it, right? It's manifest. It's obvious. And, and as he looks upon the things of the flesh, he says they're obvious to see. They're evident. And, and as we read through this less list, especially the moms and the grandmas are twitching, you know, as we go through this. And how can you say that in church? And I say, well, I'm just reading the scripture, Right? <laughs> And you say, well, I don't like to think about that. Well, this is the world that we live in. And unfortunately, this is the heart that we have apart from Jesus. And so this is the evident stuff that comes from a life that's given over to the flesh. The flesh is that which is apart from Jesus. That which, you know, is from Adam and uh, the sins that we, you know, once again... I think that it's important to remember that we are born sinners, born sinners. Some of you don't like that. Some of you argue about that. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, how do you like that, huh? Um, did I make it clear enough? Uh, it, it's interesting as you see these little babies and they just can't articulate well enough the sin that is in their heart and it comes pretty quickly, pretty quickly. Uh, I have a grandson right now and um, he, he, he likes to share his displeasure. He likes to. He has certain ways that are particular to him. It's, it's not that it's not like other kids, but he has a certain pitch. And he, he has a way of complaining when the food's not coming fast enough. You know, uh, um, he might be related to me in some ways. But anyways... Um, <laughs> You, you look at that and you, you see the heart and, and that's an everybody problem. It's an everybody problem. And so as Paul's talking to the Galatians, he says, you know, there's this flesh that, that there's things that are evident to the flesh. There's also things that are evident or obvious or produced by a life that walks with the Spirit. Today we're going to look at another list. Last week we looked at the, uh, the obvious list of the flesh. This week we're going to look at another list. The list that comes from walking by the Spirit. The things that are, uh, are produced in the life of the person that is walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh. And I think that you're going to see as you put these two lists side by side... The, the true transformation that comes by the work of the Holy Spirit in us 
And I trust that as we consider that and we see that, that we can know what the victorious life is and that we can live by the power of the Holy Spirit and not by the flesh. And so that's kind of where we're going today. If you look at verse 22, here's what it says. He goes, he jumps into this list. And remember, this is side by side, meant to be uh, the corresponding but better um, and, and different but uh, superior list in verse, um, verse 22. Here it comes. Uh, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Um, if you put them side by side, you say he takes us from the, the identity of the flesh to the fruit of the Spirit. The identity of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. And it's not the same. Like, like we want it to be a one-to-one correlation. In fact, there's 15, 15 things he delineates of the things of the flesh. And then there's nine of the Spirit. And, and as you look at it, even then, you know, at the end of the 15, what does he say? And some things like this, you know, et cetera, right? There's a bunch of other things. I'm running out of pen, right? You know, I'm running out of ink and time. And I could make a longer list, but 15 is a pretty long list. And so he, he says, he says, this is, and, and, and he, he shows the damage that can be done in the flesh. And I'd say it this way, that he is looking for us, in our minds, hearts, the work of God in us, that there would be a replacement of the works of the flesh to the fruit of the Spirit. The, the works of the flesh being my best human efforts. My best human efforts. And you say, my best? And you say, yeah. That's where it's going to end up. Because your best human efforts aren't that good, Right? They're, they're for, but for a moment. They don't last very long, and eventually they spiral out of control into those things. My best human efforts. Um, my worst human efforts are even worse than that, right? But these are my best. It's interesting that uh, we want to say, but the fruits of the Spirit, and maybe we even say it that way, but we're wrong. It's the fruit of the Spirit, singular. And, and it looks like in the grammar that he's, he's listing these out as one. If you can picture a tree that produces all these things, and you say, well, that, that seems kind of odd. But, but what he's saying is this, that this is what it looks like, a life that's been touched by the Spirit of God. This is what it looks like when someone is walking in the spirit and not the flesh. It's not that one of these is manifest. It's that all of these are manifest to differing degrees and different scenarios. And, but it, it, behind it all is this fruit, and this fruit is what? It's these things, these nine things. And I, I just want to, once again, parallel. If you can... Uh, look at the list of the, the works of the flesh. They are the list of ruin, of ruin of your life. And really, the, you know, it's kind of like pig pen, right? Um, your life is kind of like pig pen. And some of you are going, pig pen? Yeah, the guy, you know, the guy. 
the fictional character, but really isn't all that fictional. And peanuts, right? And and as he walks, there's a there's just it emanates, right? Uh, unfortunately, that's what our sin does, right? The ruin that is ours spreads to others. Spreads to others. If you're married, your husband or wife gets to enjoy the ruin of the flesh in you. If you have kids or grandkids, it just has waves and ripple effects. And so he describes in the list of the flesh ruin that comes from the flesh. But on the other side, he says, ah, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. We know about that because we live in Tehachapi, right? Apples, right? Apples and, you know, much better than apples are peaches, much better, yeah. Oh my goodness! If you have it, yeah, they're kind of touchy. They're kind of finicky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll just leave it there. But uh, but peaches, just be, like beautiful fruit in season, right? There's this beauty to it. There's this amazing, and you, it's so good. And and he puts that side by side by the ruin of the flesh, the growth and the beauty and the benefit of the fruit of the spirit. Here's the list. Um, and before I get in the list, I, I know I'm babbling on about things, but um, the, the fruit is more of an attitude, motives that are shown behind all actions. That God changes a heart. And the Holy Spirit changes us from the inside and it affects those other actions. It's, it's interesting that the actions are kind of listed in the ruin, right? But this is kind of the the thoughts and the motives behind it, the change of heart that comes in the life of one who has been uh, marked and changed by Jesus. This is what it says. Love, love. He starts with love, and I think that we can see why. We can see the motive of love, that God loved us so much that he sent his son. We see that there was love in in the... um, And the son, as he loved his disciples and he showed a different kind of love to them while he was on the earth, and then he showed an amazing different kind of love, so much so that it was kind of a word, a Christian word um, that we look at, a different kind of love that Jesus showed when he went to the cross, a sacrificial love. And so what you see here and what you will see as a a fruit of the Spirit is love that is different. Not human love, but Holy Spirit prompted love that flows to all areas of life and from that life. If, If you think back to, we talked about walking in the Spirit, verse 16 is kind of walking being a course of life type thing. I want to tell you that this is the, the same thing. The fruit is what comes out of your life. What is it that comes out of your life? And as he starts off, he says, you know what's going to come out of your life? Is God's kind of love if the Holy Spirit is working in you. You, you know, God's kind of love is uh, a love that is willing and sacrificial. Willing and sacrificial. And when I say willing and sacrificial, it's not... Um, it's not sacrificial uh, when people love you and are um, attractive and you love them. There are people you're drawn to and you say, oh, they're just easy to love. 
That's not God's kind of love. Why? Because he was loving us, right? He was loving us. Those who were difficult to love. Those had no attraction. No, no, uh, our, our sinful life was a bit repulsive and God saw us in that and he loved us nonetheless. And so the kind of love that he's gonna produce in us is that same kind of love that is willing and sacrificial. Number two, joy. Uh, the Holy Spirit working in us is going to produce an understanding of the gospel that in, in the midst of life, uh, not in the flesh any longer, uh, no longer doom and gloom, but we are replaced with a freedom uh, that, that is produced joy in the midst of living in a difficult place. And, and when it says joy, joy is not uh, dependent uh, on the weather. It's not dependent on your health. It's not dependent, it's not like Christmas. If you get what you want, you're joyful. It's the idea that you're living a different reality within the same world. And when I say a different reality, I'm not just saying a mind game, but it's that, that God has given you a joy that is not dependent on those other things. That is produced in the life of the believer um, I, I want to go through these because some of these have overlap to them. And in a similar sense, he says, love, joy, peace now. And what is peace? Well, it's, it's that idea in the midst of whatever's going on in life, there's the presence of God's rich blessing. I, I think that that's in the midst of trials and tribulations, Right? It's that he gives you peace in the storms of life. Uh, He gives you love with difficult people, joy uh, apart from circumstances, peace in the midst of trials. Some of these words, like I said, are overlapping and they're building upon. He he uses the next word patience or in some translations long-suffering. And and some of you are saying long-suffering. There's my family right there, right, you know. Either me for them or them for me, right? Um, Long-suffering. It's the idea of enduring injury, enduring injury, a calm willingness to accept the difficult situations of today. And it's the idea of keeping on. He's going to talk about that later as well. But this is produced by the Spirit of God working in you. He speaks of kindness, a tender concern for others. I think of mothers and their, their willingness to uh, be kind and merciful to their, their children and, and be kind when they're hurting, right? He says he's going to produce that in you. Goodness, the idea of moral or spiritual excellence. It's the idea of a practical generosity that you're, you're not up for grabs and you're not uh, like the weather changing, but that you're doing what God wants you to do, expressing goodness um, in the midst of all kinds of different things. He says faithfulness. The, the Spirit produces the ability to serve God over the long haul. In the midst of temptations and all these types of things, it's, it's interesting that um, doing something right for a moment is not that difficult, right? It sometimes is difficult, but like you're tempted, but you go, oh, I can, I can kind of muster it up and I can do it. But doing it for more than a moment, maybe an hour, 
or a day or a week or a month. And as you think about this life, I, I think what makes it difficult is the long haul, right? The long haul. Uh, it, it seems like as every day goes on, it seems harder to do. And, and so you go, you know, I, I don't know if I have enough for this. You're looking at the gas gauge and going, I, I'm feeling like I'm running out of gas. I want to tell you, it's not in and of ourselves. That would be in the flesh. But it's the work of the Spirit of God in us that would do what? Make us faithful. <laughs> make us faithful. That we would be able to make it to the end. And I, I think that it's important, especially as you feel those days getting longer, to encourage your heart with, God is faithful to me. His Spirit is in me. His Spirit will, by His grace, make me faithful to the end. Grace in us, the work of the Holy Spirit in us to make us faithful. It's not our own being heroic. It's not a heroic virtue. It's the work of God in us through His Spirit. Gentleness or meekness. As you see this, this word, um, it stands in just very different, uh, verse 23, gentleness. You say, gentleness, why is that a good virtue? Why is that something that's the work of God, the Holy Spirit in us? Why would that be cherished and, and the idea? Because this is not highly valued, right? In fact, when, when you think about the workplace or a sports team, or if you say someone is gentle, um, Today's the Super Bowl, right? And, and I'm pretty sure the commentators are, aren't going to say, yeah, you know, number 14 or number 65, uh, you know, 800-pound lineman or something like that. He's really sweet and gentle. <laughs> you know, they're going to say, what are, it's not good for football, right? But when it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the transformation uh, of I, I would even say this. I would even say this. When it comes to the uh, who Christ was, this is who he was. Gentle, he was meek. It's not a desire to be first and to exercise uh, our proper, you know, superiority, but rather it's the idea of the exercise of, of a proper meekness in the midst of days. It's to, to place yourself under, is to see yourself as humble in, the, in relationship to one another. Gentleness or meekness. And then lastly, self-control. He, he says self-control, and you think about that, and uh, we don't even know what self-control is, right, in our culture. Right. Um, in fact, we're we're marketed to as ones who don't have self control. Right. You deserve it. Go get it. You want more, and we've got it. Two for one. Right. We've got a sale. You know, run out to Walmart right now, and you can get it. You can get it quickly. You know, uh, Amazon. You know, next day shipping. Right. You can get it quickly. It's the idea, and, and in this particular word, that many times it's used in, in relation to uh, sexual pleasure, 
And, and it's the idea of restraining passions or appetites. And it's the idea of saying no to that which is ungodly, no to which that is. And, and he helps us with that. And if you think about it, um, the idea of self-control is that other list, right? It's that other list. It's the idea that that other list, because of the flesh, we've given into and we've just done whatever, just done whatever. Whatever's come to our mind, whatever popped up in our head, whatever our, our flesh cried out for, we went and satisfied it. And now he says this, the transformed life, the one that is marked by the fruit of the Spirit is what? You'll have self-control. You'll have self-control. That God will do a work in you that you'd be able to say no where you were not able to say no before. And not just no for a moment, but the idea of no characteristically of your life. This is the list. Uh, I point out again, at the end of the, the previous list, he says, uh, um, middle of verse 21, he says, I, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things, the bad list, will not inherit the kingdom of God. The product of the other list, what marks the other list is this. You're not a believer. You're not a believer. If these are characteristic of your life, if this is what your life consists of, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You're not his. At the end of this list, what does he say? He says this. Um, and I do think these are corresponding outcomes that... that are side by side, and it says, where do you want things to end up for you? How, how do you want your life to be characterized? What is it? He says, uh, against such things, these such things, there is no law. What does that mean? Well, this beautiful list, this beautiful list, these are the things that are approved of. These are the things that are approved of. And you can ask the question, who, who are they approved of? Who, who approves of this list? Uh, how about you, right? When you think of your list, you, what you li- want your life to be characterized, you go, okay, uh, you know, especially if you're young, you're making choices, right? You know, maybe, maybe you're 19 years old, 20 years old, you're right in there, you're beginning life. I, I finally... A big boy or a big girl. What do I want my life to be like? And you, you, you put them side by side and you look at these lists. Do I want my life to be like this list? Or do I want my life to be characterized by these things? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I, I, I want to say this too. If you're honest, especially if you're young, if you're honest, you'd say, yeah, I want those things. But there's no way I can do them. There's no way. That's the point. They're they're not the fruit of the flesh. They're not the fruit of Kevin. They're the fruit of the Holy Spirit. In you. In you. It's the work that God does in you. Um. I want to say they should be good to you. It's interesting. Um, No one ever got arrested. No one ever got arrested by doing the fruits of the Spirit. You don't go to jail. You don't go to prison because you love too much. 
right? You're patient. Uh, you think about that. You think about that. People don't get fired for that, right? Those of you who are still in school, they don't go to detention or get Saturday school for that, right? They don't lose demerits for the fruit of the Spirit. It's the other list, right? It's the other list. I want to tell you this, and some of you already got there because you'd gone to church before. God approves of this list. It's his list. I, I, I want to say that for most, that these, these are the things that aren't considered harmful. Aren't considered harmful. I, I want to say this once again because I, I think it's important to remember in context who were the Galatian believers. They were struggling on how do I live now? Like what do, what do I do now? What, what happens to this new life that I have in Christ? It's not going to a list of do's and don'ts. It's not going back to the sins that we committed once. It's not working our way. It's walked by the Spirit. It's walked by the Spirit. This is the transformation that comes by the work of God, the Spirit of God in you, working in the believer. Um, I, I want to tell you, so... Who's here today? Who's here today? Well, there's maybe some people who haven't trusted in Christ. Thank you for being here today. I, I think it's, I think it's uh, good for you to seek out these things and try to figure out where do you stand with God. There's also probably some people here who are stuck in sin as believers, as believers. And you say, I don't know how to get out of this. I want to tell you this. We're here to help. We're here to help. And you say, well, what kind of help can you give a guy like me? You notice I said guy. That includes gals too, but I just assume, you know, I just, I know my people. Um, we want to struggle with you in that. We want to struggle with you. Call us up. We're here. Uh, all of our staff, our elders, we'd love to meet with you. We'd love to talk with you. And, and we, have the, we have life hacks that will simply get rid of everything that bothers you. It's like, a, it's like a magic like paintbrush that will just paint over it and it'll just be gone forever. No! You know what our, like our secret weapon? We're just going to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. And you say, oh, are you going to pray it away? Yes. Yes, we are. The God of the universe, the God who made you, His Holy Spirit working in you, we will pray for that. We counsel you. Oh, you think you know everything? No, we know very little. Very little. But we know this, that he's the same Holy Spirit that's going to do this work in you, has written his word for you. We can connect those things and counsel you through and work through it. We want to struggle with you in these things. Verse 24. So, so we, looked at, we looked at the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and and how, do you know, how do you know if it's an apple tree? Because there's no peaches on it, right? <laughs> right? I, I, keep it simple, right? The, you can tell if it's a good tree by the fruit it produces, if it doesn't provide any fruit. And this was a picture of Scripture. Jesus talked about these things, the fruit and abiding and connected and branches and, you know, cut down. Like the, it, it was the idea, what is coming out of your life? How do you know 
uh, if things are going well. It's the fruit. It's what's evident in your life. And so the fruit of the Spirit, this is what it is. Verse 24, he says this. Um, Verse 24, he says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And I would say he goes from fruit of the Spirit to dead in the flesh. It speaks of, you know, let me point out a few things here. Uh, it says what? All, all. If you are a Christian, if you are a Christian, you, you have chosen, you have chosen, you have responded to the gospel. You have responded to the gospel. And what is your response? Hey, Jesus, I'll hang out with you. No, no. That, that's not repentance. That's not what it is to come to faith. Um, He's saying here that all those who have trusted in Christ, there's a simple thing that they have done. They have crucified the flesh. If you belong to Christ, if you're his, you have crucified the flesh. If you look over in uh, Galatians 2.20, let's go back there. I think it's important for us to see this. He's brought this up before. I think there's... Four times uh, in the New Testament, he brings up this idea of crucifying the flesh. One in Romans, three times in Galatians. This is one of them, the second one, and the the next one we'll get to in the next weeks. 2 verse 20 says this. I have been crucified. This is Paul speaking. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, how do I live it? I live it by faith the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me so so what is it to come to Christ it's this it's to look at your old life in the flesh and say you're dead you're dead I'm burning the ships I'm burning the bridges I'm selling the tools one-way ticket however you want to say it however you want to say it it's leaving the old life behind digging a hole burying it killing it murdering it whatever you want to say Throwing it away, I've been crucified. Just as my Christ has been crucified. He connects with the picture of Christ on the cross. And crucifixion was a a, a gory thing. It was a a picture, right? It, it, It was something visual that they could see. And not just a symbol, but a reality. Reality. What is the old flesh good for? Nothing. Nothing. And so what did he say? He says, I've been crucified. I, I have been crucified with Christ. I connect with him. I leave the old life behind. That's what it is to know Christ. There was an execution, and you did it. Uh, not that you did it alone, but you responded to the gospel and saying, I don't want it anymore. It was a decisive break, a decisive break. It's not once again um, adding a little something to your life, not having a little adjustment. It was the idea of a dramatic, decisive, final, final thing as you have come to know Christ. So as he says, crucifying the flesh, I've I've been crucified with Christ. It's meant to remember and connect with Jesus. And and this idea, and I I want to say this clearly, um, 
For, for those of you who are struggling with sin and, and have trusted in Christ and you say, well, man, I, I just, I feel like I, I made that commitment. I, I responded in the gospel and like I said, I'm done with it. And yet the temptation is still there. I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. It will be. It will be still there. And, and, and even in our passage, why, is the works, why are the works of the flesh even talked about? It's because they're evident, but they're also a temptation for the believer, for the believer to go back. And the believer has potential to walk with Christ and the fruit of the Spirit, but also if they choose to say, ah, I don't want to deal with the Spirit of God working, prompting me, guiding me, leading me, what will they do? They can commit any kinds of sins, right? And feel terrible guilt and shame for it because they're not that person anymore. The idea here is this, that we have willingly crucified the flesh. We're supposed to connect with the, the, the picture of Jesus, of what he did on our behalf to win us salvation that we would no longer respond to the temptations of the flesh, but that we would walk in submission, leading with the Spirit of God. The bad list is thought of but unmentioned here, right? Why is it that we have left or crucified the flesh, left it behind? Why? Well... It's because of that bad list, right? We used to be those people, but now we're not. And so we are crucified. Those passions and desires are left behind. If you've been saved, consider your old life dead. Realizing that that death freed you to live as Christ intended. Those, those sins that had a hold on us, that we were enslaved to, that the, was the best we could do, they no longer have dominion or mastery over us. The flesh no longer dominates us. Why? Because of the cross of Jesus Christ. I, I want you to think of it like this. As you think about this crucifixion of the flesh, th- consider it like this. First of all, Consider it so. Consider it to be, that's what happened. As you look at your old life and its sins and its product, the things that are evident, you say, that's the dead man. That's the dead man. That's what's been left behind. Consider it so. Secondly, actively do it. Hate to bring this up in such a beautiful day. You know what all this um, snow is going to bring? June 6th comes really soon, you know, or June 1st or whenever it is, right? Uh, some of you just moved in, you don't know what I'm talking about. Weed abatement, right? And uh, I, I always laugh around here in Tatchby because it's such a big deal that like, like, there's, like there's victory and hatred towards your weeds, right? And like when, when you... When, when you weed whack or when you mow, you go, ha ha, got them, right? Some of you even like use Agent Orange on yours, right? 
right? You spread, and, and there's not like any love lost, right? There's a sense of like victory and like I killed them and I, I ruined everything around it too, but I got them, right? Um, I got them. It's, it's interesting. Sometimes when we consider, and so consider the, the crucifixion. Secondly, I would say actively do it, actively do it. Um, some of us have symbols of our old life. It might be the bottle. It might be the television or the computer or some website that you go to. It might be some relationship that you had. And, 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 and you have set up in your home, in your life, a shrine to those things. You know, you... you, you you know, if it was the alcohol thing for you or drugs or whatever it was, whatever a symbol of the old life, it might just be your pride. I, I don't, it, whatever it is, it could be anything. Do, do you set that up in your home and go, oh, it just warms my heart. You know, that's where I used to get drunk. These are my paraphernalia from my drug days. And these are some pictures of me and my my, my friends that we did all kinds of debauchery. I just like to keep it out to remember the good old days. I, I want to tell you there, there's a, an attitude about sin, about, about the things of the flesh that we should have. And, and I want to say, make a pile. Make a pile. Burn it. Take it to the dump. Get rid of it. Why? Because that is the picture of the old self being crucified, right? Getting rid of it. Leaving it behind. This is the picture. It's the idea, you know, it's not, you know, I might want to use that again. I might want to remember that. No, I want to put it away. I want to be done with it. So consider it so, but also actively do it. Use the roundup if you have to. If it's weeds, I, I can't picture any one of you except those of you who, you know, the wildflower people. But um, that you go out and you're like, you know, I just love seeing the weeds and I'm just going to water them today. I know they shouldn't be here, but I, I'm just going to water them. And maybe I should put some fertilizer around it so they can grow really high. No, you get rid of them. Lastly, I would say this, is, is to be mindful and, and to live moment by moment. How? By the Spirit. Led by the Spirit, move on. I think so often when it comes to the issues of sin is this. And, and in Galatians chapter 1, I just thought of this now, sorry. It's not going to be up on the screen. It says, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Right? Why has he saved us? What has he given us? Freedom. Freedom to what? Freedom to walk by the Spirit. To enjoy the life that God has given us. And I just want to encourage you, do it. Uh, Move on from the old sins, walking by the Spirit. Which brings us to verse 25. Verse 25 says this. And and this is life in the Spirit again. We're going to hit this hard in two weeks. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, Provoking one another, envying one another. Um, If we are alive by the Spirit, if we have life in Him, 
He continues to be our source of life in the course of life, right? And the things that come afterwards, he continues to be the source of life for us. This is not that the idea of life in the spirit is not an on and off switch. Uh, We have begun. uh, Now we're going to go back to the flesh. It's the idea of constantly living in the spirit, walking by the spirit. He is the source of our life. Keep in step, it's the idea that we, as we, he is leading us, that we are walking step by step in the Spirit. This last part right here, verse 26, I believe is a transition to the next chapter as we're going to hit that in a few weeks as well. He, he goes from like your life and how your life affects others, how you view your life with others. He says, let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. If the work of the Spirit is going on in us, there's nothing to be conceited about. Uh, there's, no, there's no looking at someone's life and envying and, and, and stirring one another up. It's the complete opposite. Because of the Spirit of God working in us, it gives us the fruit of the Spirit, which will be a benefit to others we meet as well. Um, this isn't about us being awesome. I do think that... Um, walking by the spirit is the ultimate piece of humility because he is bringing about the change in us i think so many of the other things that we pursue whether it be money or jobs success sports grades whatever um, so much of that uh, we pride ourselves in and we use it as an awards assembly to ourselves did you see how great i was did you see how great i was and as we look at this list, we realize, do, do you see how great it is that God saved me through his son Jesus and the Holy Spirit's continued work in my life? Three things as we conclude our time. And the first one should be obvious. and probably should have sang about it. Sorry, Zach. Um, I'd just tell you this. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Holy Spirit for the salvation that saves us. That should be all to him, all to him. Secondly, I just encourage you to consider the crucifixion of your old life over and over again. Just consider it over and over again. That life is dead. It was dead on this day. We buried it, and we continue to put another shovel of dirt on top of it every day, right? Crucifixion. Consider the crucifixion. And lastly, I would say this. Do not overthink it. Do not overthink it. What we should be doing every day is going the Holy Spirit's way. What does God want us to do today? What does the Holy Spirit want me to do today? What is that next step? If you don't know it, don't move, right? But but if you do know it, just in faith, trusting that he'll be enough for you and this power that comes from the Holy Spirit, just take that step and he'll, he'll be, don't overthink it. Don't go, well, you know, I could do a lot of things today. Well, the list of the wrong things are evident, right? Just do what you think God wants you to do. Trust him. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I ask that you continue to change us as a church, that we would um, be more obedient to you, that we would work by the spirit and not by the flesh, that we would not, we would abandon those old ways. God, thank you for your grace and your mercy that you loved us so much that you sent your son that we could be saved, free from our sins, free from the yoke of slavery. God, do your work in us now. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church.
Have a great week. We'll see you next week.